Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. How you guys doing this morning? It's three good people. I like it. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm thankful to be back in the house this week. Uh, we were traveling all sorts of places in the United States. But, uh, man, I hope your guys' heart's ready for something from God. I know last week, uh, who was here last week? How many of you guys are man? I don't know. We went somewhere last week, didn't we? A little worship in the house. And, uh, man, this is such an exciting time. And uh, we're on a journey somewhere as a church. I know God's going to do some cool stuff uh, even this morning. But, I mean, I'm excited for the future, what's happening. Uh, I just give a shout-out to a couple things in the, in the church. First thing is our real-life youth ministry. Uh, man, last week they had uh, just an awesome kind of new season. They have over 30 kids out at the Jermaine's house. Be praying for their house that it stays together. They uh, already blew down a wall, you know what I'm saying? So uh, nothing too crazy. But, man, I'm telling you, it's just cool to see young people come to Christ, the people far from God. And I want to encourage you to keep on coming out. Uh, tonight they got backwards night. Come on, somebody. Somebody's going to dress like me, like all backwards, you know. Uh, so, but man, I'm excited for what God's doing. You can give it up for our youth group and the youth team that leads them. Come on, let's give it up to them. I have a big heart for youth. Uh, I mean, as a youth pastor for 10 years, it's exciting to see what God's going to do in that season. And, uh, and all the way through summer, I know God's doing cool stuff. So I want to say next week, man, we got Easter coming up. Can you believe, believe that? Yeah. One week out. And, uh, I mean, I'm excited about all the cool stuff. I know, like, the pony ride's going to be cool. If you, I know if you're, like, uh, there's a weight limit to the ponies, I'll put it that way. So if you're excited about, you know. So I'm not going to ride the pony, but... Uh, Otherwise, there won't be any ponies left, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, man, bring the kids out. They're going to have a great time with that. We're going to have it set up right out front here. Uh, but, man, I'm really excited about the new series we're launching. It's called Playlist. And so we're going to preach through uh, popular songs you find in the culture that theme that song. And uh, the band is actually going to cover that song that morning. So you want to make sure you get here on time, bring some friends out. We're going to have a, a good time. It's going to be a new series. It's going to last uh, through Mother's Day. And uh, I know God's going to do some cool stuff through that. So you guys with me? Ready for some playlists. They're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, pray for the, the worship team. They're up for a challenge because we threw some songs at them they don't normally sing. So if Lady Gaga shows up in the house next week, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, we're doing one of their songs. So you might have checked it out and come on next week. So anyway, if you're new with us, uh, we've been uh, preaching through a series called What Would Jesus Undo? Uh, a lot of times you say, what would Jesus do? Uh, how would Jesus act in the situation? Uh, we're looking through the Bible. What would Jesus undo? What are the things that break the heart of God? And we talked about the first week about spiritual indifference. Uh, that God would, uh, would cast out lukewarm apathy, uh, that it turned not only his stomach, but it broke his heart. And last week we talked about hollow worship, how Jesus would undo hollow worship because he wants worship that's going to reach heaven and touch people's lives. And so we had an amazing time last week. And this morning I want to start with a story to introduce today's theme of what we're going to talk about. And uh, back when I was in Bible college, uh, this was 2007, I was a senior, and uh, I was a head RA of two dorms, so I was in charge of all the guys on the campus. And uh, in doing so, I saw a lot of cool stuff, you know, like there's always something guys are up to. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. Any people going to college, any guys in college? No, nobody, so one person, that's great. Nobody went to college, I like it. Um, so like I was saying, nothing about this story. It was good. So all these guys are doing pranks and all this fun stuff. But one time it got really, really out of hand. And uh, there was a guy on my floor. I was on the first floor. And uh, he got really ticked off at a guy on another floor. So it was like up on the fourth floor. And the guy on the fourth floor had been smack talking this guy's girlfriend. Um, and so this guy was like, all right, that's going to be the end of that. I'm going to go sell this once and for all. And you got to know about this guy. His name's Carl. And Carl's a big guy. Carl is, is pushing 300 pounds, but he's just like an ox, you know what I'm saying? And his fuse is super short, and the guy is absolutely fearless. I'll put it this way. He went on to be an MMA fighter, okay? So this guy that was punk on his girlfriend didn't know what he had coming. It wasn't a good idea. I didn't know this was going on. So Carl makes up to the fourth floor. 
And uh, this is Bible college, okay? So, like, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go chase this guy down. They're going to probably hash it out, and we'll come back downstairs. So I run up there. They start exchanging words. I get Carl. I'm like, come on, let's go, let's go. And I talked him off the ledge of a fight, you know? Well, this other guy made the mistake, and he pushed Carl in the back, and it was like a switch went off. This guy just turned into, like, you know, just, it was, it's, it's going to be a massacre. So, so Carl turns around, and he cold cocks this guy right in the face. And this guy, you can, you can tell, dude, the guy's seen the stars. Like, he's just kind of out, you know? And so Carl, he's, like, not done. And I'm, like, I'm like 155 at the time, so I put on a little bit of weight, you know what I'm saying? And um, so I wasn't going to step in. I've learned that, like, it's like a hockey fight. You just wait until somebody goes on the ground, you know? And so I'm just kind of waiting. This guy's just punching this guy, picking him up off the wall, punching him. And it's, uh, this is a Christian college. I'd, like, never seen, like, a legit fight. Until I went to Christian college, you know, it was like really cool. And so that's why I went there, so I can see this happen. And anyway, so this guy's punching and punching him. He just, this guy's gone. I mean, he's holding him up at this point, and he leaned down the whole hallway, like 15 feet. And man, this just gets abusive, but the guy falls down, and he knees him out the door across his head, like out the back door onto the fire escape, like literally onto the landing. At this point, there's blood everywhere, and this guy's missing teeth, and this guy is still going after him. So me, me and some guys are trying to pull Carl Wyatt, like this giant dude off this other guy, and uh, we got him off there, and uh, the crazy thing about the story is, uh, is not that they fought, because that was kind of what they were going to do, but the world saw it happen, so as he kicked this guy out the door, there's people walking down the street, and they're screaming, hypocrites, hypocrites, you call yourself Christians, no wonder when no one goes to church, no one follows God, and they're mocking us from the floor, and you feel like this big, right, like I've never felt more ashamed to be a Christian than that moment, when this guy's bloody and bleeding on the fire escape of the Christian dorm, and everybody knew it was a Christian college, right? By BBC, Bible's Bible College. Everybody knew it. And let's tell you something. Today I want to talk about something I think is near and dear to Jesus' heart, something that breaks his heart, and that's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. I know this isn't like a fun topic to dive in, but when we live a different way than we actually are, when we present something out that we're not on the inside, and this morning I'll kind of jump in this kind of lightly. I don't know about you, but who knows a hypocrite? Anybody put their hand up and say, I know a hypocrite. Anybody, know, anybody like that? Come on, I think all of us know somebody. All right, who's sitting next to a hypocrite? Don't raise your hand. Don't you? I knew some of you were. Don't. Just point right back at him. You know what I'm saying? Just look right back at him. It's so easy to see hypocrisy in other people, but sometimes it's so hard to see hypocrisy in ourselves. You know this old preacher joke that uh, one of the reasons people don't go to church, and really it's true, is that the church is just a bunch of hypocrites. Hypocrites, right? There's a bunch of hypocrites. I'm not going to church. It's all hypocritical people. And then that's where the pastor steps in and says, hey man, guess what? You can join us. There's always room for one more. It's this old, old preacher joke, right? But the thing about the joke is it kind of like belittles the idea of hypocrisy, you know? Because the reality is so many people have been hurt by hypocrisy in the church. I know, I, I know I've, I've received that. I know many people here today maybe felt some kind of hypocrisy from a spiritual leader. Maybe somebody, uh, somebody was a spiritual leader in your life, and they, they said one thing but did another. Maybe it was a youth pastor. Uh, maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was even your mom or dad. Maybe it looked a certain way on Sunday. You, know, you had the, the Christian knees, right? You said the right things. But then you went home, and it was totally different. And that just didn't come back from that. There was a girl I went to school with, and, uh, and she was, uh, man, just done incredible stuff for God's kingdom. But her story is crazy. And she grew up in a trailer park, and her dad uh, abandoned her, and she was adopted by another man, had a great family. And she ended up going to church because a bus went through that trailer park. And she got saved that church and started growing in Christ. And then something happened with a spiritual leader in the church, and she was molested by a leader in the church. And, uh, you know, thank God she didn't stop with her Christian walk. But I'm telling you something, most people don't come back from that. And she had so much stuff in her life to deal with and, and so many things to forgive. And, and God uh, just pulled her back out of that. But I'm telling you, most people don't come back from something like that. Most people aren't going to be like, sign me up for church. 
you know, it's thank God she did stay in church, and uh, she ends up leading one of the largest ministries I know of across the world, doing incredible stuff for the cause of Christ. I'm talking thousands of thousands of thousands of people every week because she stayed for the cause of Christ. But you know what? Hypocrisy is real, isn't it? Hypocrisy, you can see it in somebody else's life, but sometimes it's so hard to see in our own. I love this quote, what Brennan Manning says this. He's a theologian and author. He says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Do we live different than the way we say we are? If you define hypocrisy, hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. It's the gap between what we say with our lips and what we do in action. It's, it's, our, it's our public persona and uh, against our private character. This is the gap between the two things. What we say and what we do are two different things. Jesus used the word, a word in the Greek. He said, hypocrites. Hypocrites. This word means to put on a face. This is literally an actor in a play. Maybe you've seen those old Greek plays. They put on a mask, and that's, that mask is called the hypocrite. And if you see this, I got this mask. Yeah, he's smiling, or is he mad? I don't really know. This is kind of spooky, right? But literally, they put the mask on in front of their face. They wear, they wear this to represent something else. I don't know about you, but you got angry hypocrites, right? I don't know if you've been to church and had an angry hypocrite. This is how we do it here, son. You better, rest, better dress a certain way. You've been there before. You can't wear the hat. Don't drink. Don't, don't chew. Don't go with girls who do. You've been there, right? You heard that? They come down on you, and then the inside, you realize that they have a secret addiction, there's things in your life that look nothing like the things you're saying. The, the thing that they're complaining about or criticizing is the very thing they're doing in secret. The hypocrite, right? Or maybe you got the mask on. It's a happy, a happy hypocrite. Come on now. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Maybe you know, something like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're fighting with your wife all the way to church. How you doing, brother? I'm doing amazing. Hallelujah. Too blessed to be stressed, brother. Too blessed to be stressed. Man, walk on cloud nine, man. A halo polishing up, you know. Praise the Lord Jesus. Everybody love each other. Everybody got to love each other. What that, I can't believe that girl wore that at the church. Who does she think she is? Oh, hallelujah, brother, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus' name. I mean, come on, we've seen this, right? Just kind of faking it till you make it. You know, Jesus hated that kind of hypocrisy. Jesus actually is a verse that's a, found in the Bible that Paul had, and it's found in uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 16. It says this, they claim to know God. They say they know God. They look just like they know God with their actions. They're saying, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus follower. But by their actions, they deny him. So they're saying one thing. They have the right words, but they have the wrong heart. It's kind of like representing Jesus with the Jesus t-shirt. <laughs> Come on now. And then you're over here living a lie, right? We've never been there. Everybody got the, the, the Jesus fish on your car? Mm. <laughs> little, little fish, and you, you got the right way. It's like righteous to unrighteous. You're like you're a super saint, you know? But you're cutting through that traffic, cutting people off. You're pointing one way to heaven, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, a hypocrite, right? In Jesus' day, there's guys named the Pharisees. These Pharisees, they stand on the, on the corners of the streets and let everybody know how spiritual they were. They start praying over everybody right there. Can you imagine, let's go out to the middle of 58 Highway. Lord Jesus, bless these people. I'm so spiritual, look at me. These guys would fast and let everybody know they're fasting. Look at me fast, I'm fasting, you know, I'm fasting. I'm a weight loss plan, I'm fasting, look at me. These guys would criticize people for what they did, but then they do the exact same thing. These Pharisees were all in it for themselves. They'd be generous. They'd let everybody know about their generosity. Look how generous I am. I got my name on that. Look at my names on the building. Look at that, Jesus. Look at everybody. Look, look how amazing I am. This is what a hypocrite does. You know, Jesus reserved his harshest words for the hypocrite. He reserved his harshest words in the Bible for the hypocrite, those who wear a mask. Matter of fact, in Matthew 21, there's a passage where Jesus is in his triumphal entry and he comes into Jerusalem. He looks into the temple and he sees the money changers. He sees people that are selling animal sacrifices and making personal profit on it. And you know, Jesus, he didn't come into the temple and say, okay, boys and girls, 
I know you're doing this for your own cause. It's okay. I know you're poor, but you need this money, but just go on, just pack it up. Just pack up your tables. Come on, get out of here. Dude, Jesus came in with some righteous anger. You know what I'm saying? That guy's on fire. He took those tables, boom, kicked them over, threw over the benches. Man, that guy was mad. He goes, hey, guess what? Hypocrites, get on out of the house. This is a place of prayer. This is a place of my father's house of prayer. It's not a den of thieves. Dude, Jesus couldn't stand hypocrisy. He saved his harshest words for the Pharisees, for those that were worshiping themselves instead of God. He says this in Matthew 23. This is kind of the seven woes if you've seen scripture, but it says, woe to you. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He said, you put on a mask. You're like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of all this ungodly stuff. The bones of the dead and everything unclean. It says in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. Man, you put on a good show. Pharisees, you got it all together on the outside. You're looking good. But on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Man, Jesus calls them and says, you snakes, you brood of vipers. And he asks this question, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Man, how will you escape that? Man, who is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is somebody that has it looking good on the outside, but on the inside is far from God. It's somebody that has an illusion of, of, of a personal persona, has an illusion that's all together, but the inside has personal vices they are living in every single day. It's a person that acts righteous, but the inside is far from God. You know, what's interesting and amazing, I mean, this is good news for you guys. What's interesting about Jesus is he never condemned the sinner. Jesus didn't say, woe to you sinners. Woe to you people that cuss. Woe to you that watch Netflix and you're watching that bad show you shouldn't watch. You know what I'm talking about. He didn't say, woe to you. He didn't say, woe to the person that's stuck in a bad habit or stuck in addiction. You know what he did say, though? He did say, woe to the people who were sinners, but acted like they weren't. Are you hearing me? He did say, woe to you that think you're righteous, but you're not righteous. Woe to you that put on a good show, but you're not, you're not clean on the inside. Woe to you that pretend to be what you're not. Woe to you that think you have it all together. He wasn't calling out sin. He was calling out the show. Woe to you that put on a mask and pretend like there's something there that's not. You know, I think there's every place that we put on a show is social media. You go on social media and we post a picture of our marriage and it's like, man, best husband ever. Like, what a great marriage. And it's like, man, you guys, your marriage is on the rocks. Things are falling apart. It's hypocrisy, right? Or maybe for some of us, we get, the, we get our Bible out and we're like, highlight some verses and you get that cup of coffee in the picture. You know what I'm talking about, right? The steam's coming off of it. You guys put that pen out there, make it all look sharp. You take 15 photos and you, you get the filter on it, you post it. And it's like, man, that's great. But like, you have been in the Word all month and that's the one time you read it, right? Or maybe it took longer to take the photo than read the Bible, right? And so Jesus isn't concerned about you looking a certain way. Jesus doesn't want you to fake it. Matter of fact, Jesus wants you to come just as you are, broken and in pieces. You know, sometimes we, uh, we have the Lego life, right? Come on, everything is awesome. Everything's amazing and my life is perfect. Who knows the words, right? Who knows? Everything is awesome. Even though on the inside I'm falling apart, right? On the inside I'm lonely and I'm, I feel miserable and I've had a hard day and I'm suffering. And we don't post about that too much. Some of you might post a little too much about that, but most of us don't. Most of it's just like, I'm gonna wait for the best moment possible and put, put, put the picture out there. I'm gonna fake it till I make it, amen? Everything is awesome. Maybe it's just me, right? Everything is awesome. That's just the hypocritical attitude that Jesus doesn't want. Jesus wants to do hypocrisy. He has zero tolerance for hypocrisy. He says, woe to you. Man, some of you guys are here this morning. You're like, man, I'm so glad pastors preach on hypocrisy because I got this friend. <laughs> Come on now. I got to share this link with this guy. I've got to let him know all about that. And that might be the first sign that you're the hypocrite, right? We're like looking at everybody else and not yourself. 
But for some of you, you're like, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Like this guy's talking about, you know, Pharisees going to hell and I just don't know where I sit with this. And there's some stuff in my life that doesn't really add up. And that's actually a really good thing. You have enough self-awareness to realize that God wants something to change in your life and you open the spirit of God and the things that God wants you to do because there's stuff in all of our lives, there's stuff in my life, I'm gonna share my story here in a little bit, of living that's in hypocrisy. And so this morning, I wanna give hope for the hypocrite inside of us all. I don't know about you to admit that, but there's a hypocrite inside of me. I believe there's a hypocrite inside of all of us. And so I wanna give you hope today and it's found in Matthew 23. It says this, it says, "'Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites.'" You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but on the inside, you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Man, you're putting on a great show. You sure act like you got all together. You act like you got all the answers. But he says, blind Pharisees, and get this, he says, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and the outside will also be clean. The way he's saying is let the spirit of God change your heart. Like some of you guys are so busy putting on a show and having the right answers and looking a certain way, but God's asking for us, the Holy Spirit, to do something inside of us, that out of the overflow of our heart that we would live for Jesus. There's a transformational work that comes from our heart that our hands are different. That we're not trying to be somebody, that we are somebody. That God wants to do something inside of us, amen? The Spirit of God wants to touch something in our lives. We talked about last week how sometimes you lock up these secret compartments of our heart. And so Jesus wants to have every piece of you. He wants to change you from the inside out today. You know, I want you to think about uh, just my journey. You know, I understood what it is to be a Christian leader from watching churches and going to Bible college. As you notice, my example of Bible college was amazing, <laughs> you know? And so I, I learned a few things along the way. I learned that, that as a leader in the church, you should act always slightly above everybody else. Uh, you should pretend like you're all together. You should be the guy that has all the, the, the right points and you, and you gotta say Jesus with three syllables. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, ah. <sighs> You gotta preach that way. You know, you gotta wear a suit and tie. That's what I wore back in the day. And then if you didn't wear that, it'd be a collar shirt. Come on, khaki pants for Jesus. Come on, maybe it's just me. I don't know, just me. But I had a, had a certain vernacular, a certain way. If I had a bad day in my marriage, guess what? Nobody can know about that because I'm perfect. You gotta put on the show. You gotta have it all together. You gotta be the, the first one in line. You gotta serve the most. And you gotta add up and be good enough for God to use you. And that was the persona. I put on that pastoral persona in my ministry. And so I'd hang out with people and they'd tell me something about their life and I'd say, I'm praying for you, brother. But come on, dude, I really didn't pray that much. I just tell people I'm praying for them. Or people say, Sean, what's going on in your life? What's God showing you? Countless things, more than you could imagine. <laughs> come on, I've been reading my Bible for myself. I was just reading the Bible so I can preach the next message. And that's the persona of the hypocrite. I had the ministry mask on. That's who I was, that's how I lived, that's what it was. I didn't know, I didn't know any different, that's what I was looking for. I was like, I just gotta do all the right stuff and God's gonna accept me. I gotta just fake it till I make it, I'll get there. I'll make it happen, I'll tell you something, it's a dangerous place. It is dangerous, because sin lives best in the dark, doesn't it? No accountability, no spiritual father, just kind of making it week in and week out. I don't know if you've been there or not, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to be somebody you're not. And so I went to this youth camp, and uh, you know, God still speaks to adults at youth camp, by the way, I'll tell you that. So I went to this youth camp and I came back from camp and God had spoke to me in so many ways and said, hey, Sean, you gotta let me do something inside of you before you start trying to do something through you and try to be somebody. So I remember sitting down with the staff at the time and, and telling them, hey man, I've been faking it. I've been just going through the motions. Like I've been just, just doing the things of God, but I'm not being the work of God. So I, I've gotta repent, man. I gotta tell you something, I gotta get self right in my life. And so that week I, I preached back from camp to all the young people on stage and we used to do these cool things. We, we'd take these big cardboard signs and we'd, we'd write a saying on it, but God, we were before camp, what you were before camp, and then we'd flip it over and say, what is God changing your life? Who are you gonna be? And so I put on my sign and I preached this message about my own life. I said, doing the work of God. That's called religion, by the way. Doing the work of God. 
but I flipped the sign over and it said, being the work of God. I'm gonna let God do something in my own life. Like, I'm not gonna try to do all this other stuff out here. I'm gonna focus on what God wants to do inside of me. I want, the, I want the things around me to change because of what God's doing through me, not just acting a certain way, not put on a show, not faking until I make it. I wanna be 100% the real deal. And so I re-surrendered my life that Sunday. I told the church that I've been living a lie. I told the church that I've been just doing the work of God, but my heart has been far from him. I don't know if you've been there this morning. The life of the hypocrite. What I learned is this, and I'll say it this way. I was a full-time pastor but a part-time follower of Jesus. Full-time Christian, but a part-time follower of Jesus. I mean, some of you can relate. Some of you guys are full-time moms and a part-time follower of Jesus. Maybe you're a full-time business person. Maybe you're just a full-time student and you're partly following Jesus. And I realize is I need to be 100% what Jesus wants me to be. And whatever happens through my life, what God is gonna do. And so I'm gonna be a full-time follower of Jesus. What I simply learned is this. I'd rather be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite, Amen. I'd rather be an honest sinner. I'd rather let you know, hey, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I don't have, I don't have to live out some fake life that you could try to follow. I'm just gonna tell you, I'm the one beggar trying to show you with the other beggar where the food's at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not perfect. I'm a sheep. I fall, I go astray. I'm not perfect. But you know, I can tell you, just follow me as I follow Christ. Come on, we'll get there together. We're gonna struggle. We're gonna, we're gonna fight together. We're gonna make it. We're gonna see God do some stuff in our life. I'm not perfect. So I'm gonna be exposed myself to God. I'm gonna lead from humility. I'm not gonna lead from some arrogant pride of being some religious person. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lead on my knees. I'm gonna let God do something through me. Maybe this morning God's speaking to you. Some of you have an aha moment this morning. Some of you go, hey, wait, this is what I've been missing. I've been trying to go through the motions of church my entire life. You're wearing a mask. You've been faking it for so long, you might not even know you have a mask on. I want you to realize there's hope for the hypocrite. See, Jesus had zero Zero tolerance for hypocrisy. But what he did have, and this is the hope you have in Jesus, he had unlimited grace and unlimited forgiveness for the sinner, amen? He can accept me the way I am when I'm honest before him. He can't accept my pride. But when I open my heart to him and say, I'm not perfect, I want you to realize Jesus didn't come for the religious. Jesus didn't come because you were perfect and you put on a persona. Jesus came for the sinner, amen? Jesus didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. I wanna be sick in front of Jesus. I wanna say, God, I need your help. There's some things in my life I need to change, revealing me the things that aren't perfect. I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. I'm not gonna put on a persona. I'm not gonna tell people something I'm not. I'm just gonna live out the life you have for me. Change me, Jesus, from the inside out. I wanna drop the mask. You know, some of you thinking, if I drop my mask, everybody's gonna find out my secret. Everybody's gonna find out my secret. But I mean, what are they gonna think of me? What's my spouse gonna think of me that I've been in an addiction? What's my family gonna think of me when they find out I haven't been a Christian my entire life? What's the world gonna think of me? What are my friends gonna think of me? I'm gonna tell you something. This is real important to understand. You will have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. If you, if you just wear your heart on your sleeve and you're honest with people and you say, this is where I'm at and this is what God's doing, man, what, there's no fear in that. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, it says, whoever conceals their sin, whoever hides behind the mask, whoever puts on the persona, whoever has the Christian talk, it says, does not, proper when they does not prosper when they conceal their sins. But it says this, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And if you don't find mercy today, you can confess your sin. You know what that means is you can ask somebody for help. You can go to somebody and say, hey, look, I'm not right with God. I'm gonna confess my sin. Like I need something different in my life. I had to go to my staff and say, hey, look, I'm not healthy. I look at my wife, I'm not healthy. Look at my church, I'm not healthy. Right now, I've got spiritual fathers in my life. Hey, I'm not healthy. There's things in my life I need to change. And when you do that, you receive the grace of God in your life because God forgives you. And God will build you up from the inside out. I'm gonna tell you something. You're only as healthy as your secrets. 
And we can sing up here and do the show and we can show up every week and say the Christian stuff and raise our hands. But there's something in your life that's not what Jesus wants it to be. You're still sick. Let me tell you something, nobody's perfect. Nobody's healed, nobody, nobody's 100% perfect like Jesus. There's something in life that we need to change. And so we need to go to the, some maybe go to a life group this week. Some of you might have a, an aha moment and go to a life group and take a step of faith and say, hey guys, I got something for you. I've been really struggling with this. I've never told anybody. Never told anybody this, but I mean, I've really been struggling. I just can't get over this thing in my life. There's this thing that's been beating me down. This thing that's holding me in shackles today. I just wanna be free. I need you to pray for me, pray for me. I promise you those people are gonna pray with you. You're gonna experience fellowship like you'd never experienced before. The Bible says when you confess your sin to somebody else that you bring is healing in your life. If you want some healing, you gotta share that with somebody. It doesn't have to be your whole life group, but just find somebody that you can pour out your heart to. I want you to know this, we're not perfect people, praising Jesus the perfect way, having our perfect things we do. Man, we're sinners, amen? We struggle in this race. We don't have all the answers, we go astray, we fall. We have to get back up. We're not perfect but we have a perfect God who loves us. I'm gonna tell you something, if, we're, if we stay in our sin, we stay in bondage. If we hide behind the mask, we stay exactly where we're at. God can't do and work inside of us. It says this, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. Man, Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but whoever takes down the mask, says this is just me, God, just me and you doing business, that God will forgive him and show mercy. I believe this, there's unlimited grace for the sinner unlimited grace for somebody who's gonna confess their sin to God. And here's a prayer you can, you can pray. I think it's this powerful prayer. And if you get a chance to, to pray this uh, during the invitation or maybe throughout this week, I would encourage you to go back and look at this. But it's found in Psalms 139. This is a prayer of David. He said this, he said, search me, God. That's dangerous. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting Man, in that powerful prayer, God, search me. God, there's something inside me. I prayed this prayer as I, as I wrote this message. God, search me. What is inside me that needs to change? Where, where am I putting a mask on, God? What are some areas of my life that I'm, I'm living a fake one? Jesus, show me. God, make me whole. God, lead me in every way last. You know, God, show me something. There's some things in my life I'm changing. Some things in my life I gotta do differently because it's not what God has for me. I've got to expose myself to God. I encourage you to pray that prayer, man. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. It's the gap between the, per the persona we put out in the public and what we do in private. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. Don't try to close the gap of perfection. You know, some of us are trying to be good enough, aren't we? We're trying to add it up. If I pray enough and I read the Bible enough and I go to church enough and I say the right things enough and I've got to look the part, then it's gonna change. You can't fill the gap with perfection, but you fill the gap with Jesus, Amen. You fill the gap with Jesus. You let Christ do something in your life. You let Christ speak into your heart. God's gonna change you from the inside out. You're gonna live from the overflow of your heart with God. And all of a sudden, you're gonna start looking different to the outside, but not because you're putting on a show. You're being different because God has changed you from the inside out. Some of you guys are gonna break through moment today. I believe this. Some of you guys are gonna break through an addiction, amen? Some of you guys are gonna heal a marriage. Some of you guys have been going through the motions with your marriage and it's not going anywhere. And today you're like, you know what? I'm gonna change this. God, you wanna do something to my marriage. God, I need to re-give this thing to you. I've been doing my own power, my own strength. I've got to change it. Some of you guys got the bling, you got the ring, you got the house, you got the car. You look all good on the outside, but guess what? You're drowning in debt. You've been faking that image for so long. And today you can just get with God and say, God, man, I've just been living for myself. God, I need to change who I am. Some of you guys are so scared of what's gonna come next. Some of you guys are looking into the future and you know there's a report coming from the doctor and you're so scared to look at that. You're just like, I don't have faith for this season. You can be honest to God. He will just give you the faith 
and the love and the mercy you need in this moment. You say, God, take my life. I'm gonna break through an addiction today. I'd say this, I'd rather be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite, amen? I'd rather be, I'd rather be bold before God. I think that's what makes this church special is that we're real life church, amen? Like this isn't fake life church. We're not gonna pretend to be something. This is, this is like anti-religion. I'm telling you something. Somebody called religion here, I'm gonna start kicking over some tables, amen? We're not gonna bring that in the house. Like we're gonna go for God, we're just gonna be humble. We're just gonna lay down before him and say, God, just take what you can from me. God, there's nothing good, but you're good. God, you deserve the glory. I believe this, that Jesus absolutely would undo hypocrisy, but he would give unlimited grace and forgiveness to us as sinners. Father, we come before you. God, I pray for your grace and your spirit, God, to fall in this place. God, across this room today, who would say that they're gonna pray a dangerous prayer? Maybe you'd say, God, search me, know my heart, test me. Show me if there's any offensive way in me. Man, if you'll pray that prayer and you're open your heart to God and what he says to you today, would you lift your hands? If you pray that prayer, be a dangerous person and say, God, search me this morning. Messy hands up all across the room. So pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for a church that's seeking you first. God, I pray for a breakthrough this morning. God, I pray for somebody who's hurting, somebody who's sick, somebody who's afraid, maybe what others think. God, I pray that we be full-time followers of you. God, we wouldn't put you on the back burner, God. We wouldn't get to that. We wouldn't pretend to be somebody we're not, God. We would live out of the overflow of the heart because you changed us. God, I pray you extend your grace and forgiveness in our lives. God, we're not perfect, not trying to be perfect. God, we're just sinners following you. God, I pray for somebody to have the courage to share their failures in real community this week, maybe in their life group, maybe with their spouse, somebody in their family. God, we're better together. God, I pray that chains of addiction be broken. God, I pray that chains that shackle our marriage. God, I pray the words we speak will come out of the heart for you, God. I pray you bring healing on us as we confess our sins to you. God, help us to take the mask of hypocrisy off today. As we continue in prayer, some of you are gonna recognize right now that you need Jesus that Jesus is the sinless son of God and down across for your sins. Some of you are gonna recognize that you've been living behind the mask. You grew up in church. Maybe you grew up with, around a Christian family. Maybe you grew up having the persona. Maybe you knew part of the Bible, or read the Bible. Maybe you went to youth group, but there's no real intimacy. There's no transformation. But the day you wanna become new because of Jesus, you wanna put down the mask, you wanna step out in faith and say, I wanna be a Christian. Other you, other you other, others of you maybe you'd say, hey, everybody knows I'm a Christian because of the way I live, but you're not close to Jesus. Maybe there's something in your life that you've been just struggling with. Maybe you put on all the right answer from God. I believe this, some of you could recognize that God is drawing you to himself this morning. Some of you guys are not here by accident. You're gonna hear for the voice of God's gonna draw you in that he brought you here. Why is this? Because anybody confesses their sin before Jesus, we've forgiven and made new. You have unlimited grace for the sinner. We're tired of putting on a show that we need his forgiveness. You'll be brand new this morning. So across this room, if you'd say, yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need forgiveness. Yes, I want made new. Yes, I want to take off the mask. I want Jesus this morning. If that's you, we just lift your hands high across this room and say, I need Jesus. Anybody like that this morning? Say, I need Jesus in my life. I see a hand over here. That's incredible. Anybody else? Say, I need Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. I'm tired of putting on the show. I want to pray for you. If you put your hand up, say, Father God, thank you for loving me as a sinner. I don't have to be somebody special. I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to, don't have to clean up my mess. Be love me just as I am. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for me. God, pray you save me from my sin. God, make me whole, make me new. God, let me take off the mask. I want to live for you. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, real life, are you celebrating? This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.